quick note before we get into the episode. Kitchen Confidentials is a podcast for informational purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical or professional advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or mental health professional. back welcome back welcome back to kitchen confidentials the show where we talk about all the hard things to do with poor body image and disordered eating patterns i'm your host janice i'm a scientist i'm a microbiology specialist and food quality specialist and i'm here to teach you how to recover from the same things that i've recovered from a lot of the tips and tools that i share here are useful for everyone so if you have ever disliked your body or gone on a diet to change it, or exercise to change it. Just stick around. You might find something useful that you can use for yourself, regardless of whether you see yourself as having an eating disorder or disordered eating or not. So I hope all of you are doing well. I hope you're hanging in there in the longest month of the year. (laughs) Or is it still January? Dear Lord, Try to start the year off as positively as possible. I think I told all of you that last week that it's been a challenge and that's just how it goes. Sometimes you start the year and you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to be so positive and do whatever. And yeah, life throws some curveballs and um, that's cool. I have a lot of balls so it can throw whatever balls it likes. We're going to be just fine. But uh, yeah, I tried to be as uh, positive as I could and I went to a shamanic ritual for intention setting um, as well a week ago. That was pretty cool, although it was extremely long. I thought it was supposed to be like three hours or two hours and even then I was like, no, like three hours? (laughs) And it ended up being five hours of this shamanic ritual. And not a not a psychedelic drug ritual, which I need to point out because it is Amsterdam and you can 100% do that um, if you like. At any point, they have the ayahuasca or psilocybe or any of those other psychedelic trips here. But... Not this time, unfortunately. (laughs) Might have helped the five hours. Um, And it was just a shaman doing this kind of intention setting and you you decide what you want to kind of bring about in the year. And then he did some kind of singing and drums and took us through the different shaman Uh, gods and we got to meet the gods of all the different levels Uh, and yeah I mean I can't explain it like he did but it was very long (laughs) so I'll keep you guys updated on how that intention setting went I hope for good things but uh, that was pretty interesting and yeah I went to work at an office for the first time today in I don't know probably over a year um and now I live in Amsterdam, I can go to the office at our Schiphol 
branch. So that was pretty cool to be around other people and really cool canteen with lots of awesome food. It was really awesome. But anyway, I hope you're all handling the longest month of the year and ready for a good year. And I just hope that it just has to, please, Lord, get better than it's been so far, at least for me. We'll see. Um, but yeah, today, let's get straight into it with a recap from last week's episode. And last week was the part one of neuroplasticity and rewiring your brain. And I discussed a little bit about neuroplasticity. I mean, it is a really big topic uh, and I am not a super expert on that. So I'm going to tell you it based on uh, how it has helped me and managing to rewire my brain and managing to help recover from an eating disorder. So neuroplasticity is this ability of the brain and the nervous system to change in response to experience. And perhaps you've heard the term neurons that fire together, wire together. And you can direct this rewiring and change your brain and those neural pathways, which is truly incredible. Guys, this like it's really incredible. This ability to direct your own neuroplasticity and brain rewiring is something that sets us apart as a species. And, you know, scientists used to believe that it was uh, not possible to rewire your brain after a certain point of development. And thankfully, now we know that is not the case. So we discussed that in last week's episode. And... I want to continue with the next part of that today because eating disorders, at least in the context of eating disorders, they are the most lethal of all the mental illnesses. And so being able to change the way your brain fires and learn different coping mechanisms and essentially rewire and reprogram the way your brain responds for people with eating disorders can actually be a literal lifesaver. And yeah, today I want to talk about those things that you need to bring about neuroplasticity. Now with disordered eating and poor body image, the behaviors we are trying to change are things like binge eating, so consuming too much food in one go, to excess that you're like super uncomfortable, compulsive exercising, body checking. So body checking is when you go to the mirror and you look at yourself constantly in the mirror to see if you've put on weight or lost weight. You pinch your body to measure your fat. Uh, it's weighing yourself obsessively or any of the number of other things that we do in disordered eating behavior and at some points that just looks like obsessively researching the next diet or maybe obsessively researching that diet shake or pill that you've heard about or you know when we were younger we used to have those like fitness adverts <laughs> it was really <laughs> it was really a different life you would watch like morning tv I remember if you if I w wasn't going to school that day uh, morning television was like, and I'm sure it's still like that, but I mean, I never watch 
morning TV. I never watch TV anymore, really. Maybe Netflix, but then you're curating what you're watching. But uh, yeah, I used to have that horrible morning TV where they'd sell you these kind of ab shaker machines. Well, <laughs> and I mean, people bought them. I tr I tried them before and other people had them. I, I don't think we ever bought them, but uh, in our house. But uh, there was always some ridiculous fitness fad or machine or uh, elliptical machine or something. And those are the types of things we're trying to stop doing is this compulsive um, research and obsessing about the next diet or trying to change our body or obsessing about how we look. And I mean, I'm sure even if you don't have an eating disorder, you know how that looks for yourself, that you just like feel super insecure in your body and you check yourself constantly or just whatever weird behaviors you have based on on lack of um, self-confidence and body image issues. So all these destructive behaviors that we've learned to use to cope when we have uncomfortable feelings, uh, we want to change those behaviors. And if we want to develop new habits of thinking and feeling or behaving, we need to consciously rewire our brains. So let's talk about what you will need to bring about this neuroplasticity. For neuroplasticity, you need alertness and focused attention. So how this looks with an eating disorder, instead of going to weigh yourself again or standing in the mirror and saying those things about the way you look, nasty things to yourself, you're going to catch yourself, you're going to stop yourself, and you're going to change the behavior. You're going to force yourself in that moment to do something different, to say different things, to do a different behavior, right? You're going to need to focus and push through the discomfort of doing something that isn't going to be easy at first. And listen, some days it's going to be pure hell. It is going to be so freaking hard, but you are made for this level of hard. Remember that when you're going through it, you can do this. You can change those pathways. And it's meant to feel hard. You know, the body is not designed to do things that require extra energy if it's not for survival. So we're not designed to expend this extra energy. And that's why neurons that fire together, they wire together. But if they stop firing together, you stop losing that those pathways as well. We start to lose the excess of things that we aren't working with and we're not that aren't being used, right? That's what they always say, you need to use your brain, really. Otherwise, you're going to lose those, those uh, pathways. And so the body is not really designed to spend this extra energy. So the, in the beginning, these new pathways and habits are going to feel really gritty in the beginning. It's, it's, it's totally normal. But you've got to have that alertness and attention. And this is really... Sounds pretty basic, but it's like from actual neuroscientists, you need to, to have that focus and attention. When you bring about that focus and attention, you're activating those synapses, right? You're triggering those synapses. The other thing that you're really going to need is sleep and rest. So why is this that we need sleep and rest? 
Because when you're rewiring your brain, when you have focused that attention and you start that reprogramming, the actual strengthening of the neural pathways doesn't happen in the moment that you're focusing your attention. It actually happens later. So pretty cool things are happening in that moment. And at those synapses where there's actually, you know, biologically, there's a substance called acetylcholine that's released and it triggers that this pathway needs to be strengthened. But the actual strengthening process happens when you're sleeping or in that kind of deep, like deliberate, restful, relaxed state when you're awake. So when you're like deliberately like decompressing it can also happen in that state so it's really important that you have good sleep and it's important that you make sure that you include rest and it's funny how we're always told that we need rest and relaxation but I think a lot of us and if you're anything like me certainly didn't take it seriously for many years um, and you don't realize how important it actually is to take that rest. You know, I mean, you think to yourself, yeah, I really need sleep. But then you go like on a couple hours sleep every night and you're like, oh, whatever, I'm fine. I don't need, I don't need more, right? They've actually proven that we do. But all right, that's like, we can do a whole episode on on why we need sleep. But it's really one important reason that you need sleep is to be able to strengthen those uh, new neural pathways and all the learning and reprogramming that you're trying to do will only really reap the real benefits and full benefits if you're getting enough enough rest and yeah as I said we can do a, a whole episode on on the benefits of sleep I'm sure a lot of you already know that because we're all trying to make sure that we get it decent amount of sleep and rest but I remember a neuroscientist describing it once as the time when your brain actually clears out the garbage and the waste right so it's like filing all these papers away into the folders nicely for you in your brain but it's also dumping all this like junk and waste out of your brain so you really need that time for for your brain to recuperate and replenish And you also need proper dream sleep. In fact, if you're not getting or not giving your body that sleep, that dream sleep, eventually it actually forces it and takes it. So a really interesting example of this is where alcoholics, like, I mean, severe alcoholics that drink every day, that like need alcohol all day, are not actually getting proper dream sleep because alcohol stops dreaming from happening. You pass out, but you're not getting good, restful dream sleep. So when the alcohol is stopped or if like the alcohol is taken away from from someone that is a active alcoholic, uh, that's when that very dangerous and potentially fatal delirium treatments can occur. And as was explained by that same neuroscientist and this and, and sleep specialist in this uh, in this episode I was listening to years ago, DTs delirium tremens is actually the brain taking the dream sleep that it wasn't getting. 
So alcohol prevents us dream sleep. And so when the alcohol gets taken away, the, the body actually just forces that dream state. And that's where that like really out of it. And the person is in like this dream state. Uh, and it's actually, it can be fatal, but they've shown that that REM, uh, that REM state happens like just before the DT start. So it's, it's super important that we take this rest. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting example. I just find it really interesting how the brain works. But um, yeah, sleep is important in general of course, for how we function, uh, to reduce stress hormones in our body. It helps you control your mood as well. I'm sure you all know how you feel when you don't get good sleep. And so that also helps recovering from an eating disorder um, or anything really, because you need to be able to control those moods with an eating disorder. Uh, because if you don't, you're going to overeat because you're super tired. And I'm sure all of you have experienced that as well, that, uh, overeating when you haven't had enough sleep. Anyway, it's important to have the sleep and it's important for neural pathway rewiring so that you can strengthen those new neural pathways. And so you need this focused attention and good sleep. Those things you absolutely need for neuroplasticity to come about. The other things you can do to contribute will be increased blood flow, <laughs> so as you all know by now, I'm a huge proponent of exercise and increasing blood flow has been shown to help in neurogenesis and rewiring. I mean, surprise, exercise helps with everything. So make sure, as I always say, to move your body every day, even if it is for 10 minutes, even if it's just stretching, get that blood flow going. It's going to help you rewire your brain as well as just make your mood and just make you feel better. The fourth thing that you can do is to use omegas or essential fatty acids. So supplementation with omegas can help with neuroplasticity. Your brain needs good fats. We've heard about it all the time. Your brain uses those good, fat, good fats to build new um, pathways because your cells need that and your brain cells also need good fats to build, right? I mean, the whole structure outer structure is based on on fatty acids and i know that fat can be a bit of a trigger for a lot of people especially for compulsive dieters but please know that good nutrition in general and adding that good source of supplementation with essential fatty acids can support your brain of course you need good nutrition i know that's going to be a, a bit of a a heated debate for people that are struggling with an eating disorder you've got to try and make sure that you're getting your nutrients and you can't just take you really can't just take a vitamin to cure all those ills and you can't take just take a supplement as well you've got to make sure that you're getting full nutrition but omegas as a supplement definitely can contribute to building uh, neural pathways and number five is rewarding yourself. So your brain will fire in those pathways that are rewarding. And we spoke about it in a previous episode. The reward is there. It's designed for your brain to motivate us. It's a survival system. It's 
it helps us know the things we need to do to survive. And like, really, a lot of times we wouldn't be doing any of those things if it didn't have that reward system in place. Uh, and unfortunately, there's a lot of unhealthy things that bring about reward. So what is reward biologically speaking? Like, what are we referring to as reward? Biologically, that is dopamine. Essentially, it's dopamine. It's the dopamine circuitry. Dopamine is the motivation molecule. So scrolling Instagram can give you that fix, or you can find other ways of rewarding yourself. And I would say start with the basics of rewarding and motivating yourselves with encouraging, positive reinforcing statements, like tell yourself how good you are doing, that you are even trying this. Start to reward yourself with positive affirmations. Remember to reward yourself, even if you're just really trying really hard to get this right, even if you're not succeeding. So like coming to this episode, if you've already gotten this far in this episode, you're already doing those things to kind of change your brain and try to look at your life differently and you're doing the positive things. You should already be proud of yourself for that. It's, a, it's amazing. A lot of people aren't doing anything to better themselves and you're doing that. I'm really proud of you for doing that and you should be proud of yourself too. So for those of you with a binge purge cycle, now in ED recovery, we talk about the binge purge, purge cycle or the BP cycle. That's like eating to excess and then you're kind of ridding yourself of those calories. We've spoken about it. We'll speak about it again. But it's overeating and then doing what you can to rid yourself of those calories in some way with over-exercising, laxatives, induced vomiting. And the next time you're in the cycle – you're going to get in that moment and you're going to focus in that moment, get present, and you're going to stop yourself. You're going to stop yourself right in the middle if you can, in the middle of a binge, and you're going to get really present with where you are. And maybe you can't totally stop yourself from going through with that binge purge cycle, but just getting curious and Getting present, because normally we're in this kind of automated pattern, it's very automated, you just go into this this other sort of world and check out, and that's why we do it, it's kind of a distraction, it's like a little pain relief, it's, it, it's compulsive really. Catch yourself in that moment, get curious with why you're doing it, start to get curious on your emotions what brought you to this place, and start to watch yourself doing that. Just that should be rewarded. And be really proud of yourself if you can just start to be present in that moment every time. And eventually you're going to be able to start to stop yourself. And start to self-motivate for all that work that you're putting in. Uh, and like I said, just coming to this episode uh, should be something that you're proud of. And maybe you set uh, a motivation like that you will get yourself a facial on the weekend if you don't binge purge for the week or if you um, can manage to not check body check uh, today or the next day you will take yourself to a movie just give yourself a motivation really the brain works with motivation and reward 
positive affirmations can also be extremely powerful. And it's one of the ways that we're going to try and change the perspective that you have. Right? So that's all I want to talk about today. I think those are great things to look at. And I don't want to overload you with too much information on how to change your brain in one go, because you need to start putting these things in place one at a time. And just doing a little bit slowly to bring about those changes because we can't do everything. You're not going to get it perfect straight away. So what I want you to do this week is to start getting present with the cycles that you have and the episodes that you have. When you feel like you're doing one of these unhealthy behaviors, start to get present, start to get curious about why you're doing it, what emotion brought you there, what was happening, what were you feeling, and try and stop yourself in the middle of one of those cycles and do something else, do something different, change the location where you are. That's another way that you can bring about neuroplasticity, mind you. You can you can add novelty. So where you would normally be sitting on the couch eating compulsively in front of the TV and that's how you binge, now when you catch yourself doing that, get up and go stand somewhere else. Go stand somewhere else. Put the novelty of having some music or different different music on. Stand in a different location. Eat in a different place. Light a candle when you don't normally have a candle. Do something different and change it up. Uh, that can really also help rewire these pathways. Right. And I hope I hope you got something out of that today. And if you did, please share this with someone else. And you never know who you could be helping. And guys, I know this is really tough work. I know it can be a slow and painful process to change these difficult behaviors and a lot of it is is really tied up with a lot of pain and trauma and other reasons why we found these coping mechanisms it's, it's often it's often not very simple uh, and I spoke about it in one of the very first episodes a lot of the times eating disorders are actually associated with sexual trauma and other type of really serious traumatic events and and so I know how hard this is, and I know how how hard you're trying to get through this. So just remember that you're not alone, and there are so many people that go through this. You are so courageous to even get this freaking far with trying to make changes in your life. And just by being here, you're already doing that work. Just keep going. Like we say every week, KFG, keep effing going. I'm proud of you. And if you want to email me, you can pop me a message on kitchenconfidentialspodcast at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at kitchenconfidentialspodcast. Really, really nice to have been here with you today. Really hope you have an awesome week. Let's get the hell out of January. Finally, KFG. KFG.